my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Could you imagine a world well, a democracy that we live in, where your voice doesn't matter, where you have people that are pushing things down your throat for total control and surveillance against your best wishes? Well, that's exactly what's happening right now with Elizabeth Warren in the U.S. government pushing new policies to take away your freedom, to take away your privacy, even though the democracy, the people are standing up to, to it, standing up against it. As a matter of fact, it has been debunked, it's been pushed back, and there's even states passing laws to prevent this from happening, to, uh, this uh, overreach of your freedom. But yet she doesn't care. We're going to break this down. We're going to talk about what Elizabeth Warren is doing, what new technology she's pushing, why she's pushing it, why she's advocating it, how she's using lies for this, what states are doing to push back and try to protect you, you want to make sure you're in those right states and more. All right. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the way the world is changing as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And today, we are talking about the intersection of all three of those. Politics, finance, and technology, they're all coming together because at the end of the day, it's technology that changes things, but it's money that gives us freedom. Right? Because without money, you're sort of a slave. You're like a wage slave. And then, of course, it's politics that wants to control that, and they use money as a way to control us. And when I say money is like freedom, it's really more about the freedom to transact I mean, and, and, and just having it overall. Right? If I, if I don't have any money, if I don't have a house to live in, if I don't have an ability to buy, buy food, I'm sort of like a slave. I'm at, at the whims of whoever will take care of me, whether that's the government giving me um, – you know, welfare, um, or whatever it may be. But even more importantly, even if I have wealth, even if I have a lot of wealth, 
but I'm not able to freely transact, then I don't have freedom either. You see, uh, our constitution guarantees us the freedom of assembly and the freedom of speech and other th things like that. But if I don't have the ability to put gas in my truck, how do I go assemble? I'm guaranteed to free assemble, but I, how do I get there? If I can't pay for food when I get there, how do I go? If I can't pay for a hotel room, what do I do? If I can't pay in today's day and age, if I can't pay to get a computer to go online or a phone to go on Facebook or social media, how do I have a voice? How do I have freedom of speech? And so it all starts with the freedom to transact, which is why that's the attack vector. So let's talk about what Elizabeth Warren is doing. I always kind of get a chuckle uh, about Elizabeth Warren just thinking about President Donald Trump, the 45th president. He would call her Pocahontas. Uh, always got me a little chuckle. He was always good at calling names, which obviously worked against him at some point because he said mean things. I think in today's day and age where we're facing nuclear war on three fronts, um, a lot of people say like bring back those mean tweets, but he would call them. He call he would call her Pocahontas because she claimed she was a Native American and Indian. She claimed that, but it was a lie. It was all a lie. So she used this for clout. She used this to go into this you know minority group or this woman minority group so she can get to this, this level of power. But it's all been debunked. She's not an Indian, so he called her Pocahontas. Anyway, uh, let's talk about what she's doing. So she is going on and on and on about taking away your financial privacy and your financial freedom through the use of CBDC, central bank digital currencies. Now, you should know about this if you've been listening to me at all because it's something I talk about quite a bit. Let me play this clip right here. We'll set up the context and then we'll dig into exactly what is going on here. Not that banks do wrong. If you think we could improve that in a digital world, the answer is sure you could. But in that case, let's do a central bank digital currency. Are you there? Oh, for a central bank digital currency? Yeah. Yes. I think it's time for us to so move So essentially, because we're, I, you know, the thing is when you look at it, every piece of paper currency we issue, mm -hmm. not with coins, but every paper currency has its own identity. Mm -hmm. So essentially, we're prepared for the blockchain now <laughs> with, with currency. Should that be how we build this? So I think of it as, again, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. And if the problem you're trying to solve is fast, almost frictionless ability to send money across the country, do it rapidly, send it around the world, be able to send it to your cousins in Argentina. If that's what you're trying to solve, a central bank digital currency does that. And all right, I'm going to pause it right there, and let's just talk about what she just said there. So first of all, uh, Pocahontas, Elizabeth Warren here, uh, just so you know, she's 74 years old, 74. I'm guessing your grandparents are probably not the most um, up-to-date on technology. No offense to people 74, um, but let's just put that uh, in the record. Now, let's go back to what she just said there. So first of all, uh, the interviewer here asked her, um, this is from a this is uh, from a clip that she did uh, just recently. And he asked her, are you there with a central bank digital currency? She said, yes, absolutely. I'm there. Hi. She's like laughing, almost giddy. Well, what's interesting about that is the American people aren't. As a matter of fact, the American people object. We're going to come back to some of the statistics on this of the polls that have been done. Uh, several states have actually passed laws to prevent it. So for her to like laugh giddily, like, yeah, 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 we're for it. We're for it. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Like, uh, aren't you supposed to be upholding the democracy, what the will of the people is? And I get it, I get it. We're not a democracy, a constitutional republic. I get that. But the point is, it's not the, what the people want. But yet she's there. But let's go back to what she was saying right here. 
um, if you look at the problem we're trying to solve, that's what she said. If you're looking at the problem we're trying to solve, so you understand that solutions are supposed to come to problems, right? So she's saying, what is the problem we're solving? So she's approaching that, right? But what she got wrong is the solution or the problem we're trying to solve. She said, if you're wanting to have a faster money, the world doesn't need a faster money. The world already has pretty fast money. As a matter of fact, we can go anywhere in the world. We can send money as fast as we want. We can go any store we want, put our credit card in or debit card, whatever. Uh, we have Venmo, PayPal, like the world doesn't need faster money. If that money moves, instead of me waiting at the store, you know, for what, 30 seconds for the credit card thing, if it goes into 20 seconds, does that make it better? Does the world magically improve if we fix that problem? Is that the biggest problem we're trying to solve? No, 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 no. What's the problem we're trying to solve? The problem we're trying to solve is we have an massive inflation, never ending inflation, permanent and intentional inflation because the money supply continues to expand. The government continues to print money. That's a problem. Inflation is a problem. The Fed says they're trying to solve it, but they can't solve it because they're the ones that create it. They're the arsonist trying to be the fireman. So we have this never ending inflation. It's permanent and intentional because of the monetary supply. That's a problem. So how would we solve that? We need a fixed supply. We have another problem that is censorship. They want to censor transactions. They want to say who can and cannot pay. Take away your freedom through freedom to transact. That's a problem. So we need something that's censorship resistant. The other problem is that 2 billion adults in the world today have no access to banking because they don't have permission to join. So we need something that's permissionless. We have problem with borders. Each country has their own laws, rules, regulations. We need something that's borderless. Those are the problems we're trying to solve. CBDCs don't solve any of those problems. So she's got it completely wrong. But, you know, don't fault her. She's old. She doesn't understand what she's talking about. Let's hear the rest. You don't really need a stable coin for that. You've already got a dollar denominated. You don't really need a Bitcoin to be able to do that. So then the question becomes, so what is it that the Bitcoin, what problem is it solving for? And now we get into a very different space. So now she says, so what problem is Bitcoin solving? Well, I just laid them out for you. Permissionless money, censorship resistant money, immutable money, fixed limited supply money, decentralized so nobody can control it. No human, no man can corrupt it. That's what we need. Now I get it. She doesn't understand this. But actually, that's not that's not the problem. We're going to dig more into her policy, and we're going to talk about this new bill that she just put forward that has massive implications for your wealth and your freedom. And it shows she does know what problem Bitcoin is, is solving. She does get it, and you'll understand that when we talk about the bill that she's trying to put forth. What she's trying to do is make sure you don't have the freedom you want, and her, let's call it regime, it's not even going to be there for much longer, um, has total power and control. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the way the world is changing as we look at through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. I got a lot more to cover when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. 
And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Elizabeth Warren and her anti-crypto, anti-freedom, anti-human uh, policies that she's been running and a new bill that she just put forward this week that is one of the most egregious in taking away your financial privacy, your financial freedom, and your wealth. She is literally running in the land of the free. One of the highest ranking members of government, and when I say highest ranking, one of the ones with the most power in control of the most things, specifically in the financial industry. And she is literally on a campaign to take away your freedom in the land of the free. How does this work? She's running on an anti-freedom, an anti-crypto campaign. I asked ChatGPT, I said, ChatGPT, uh, can you tell me the last time or any time in, in history that somebody in America has run on a campaign of taking away things from people, taking away rights, taking away freedoms of people? And I said, no, I can't think of that. Why, why would somebody ever do that? This is America, right? Exactly. Now she's saying, uh, she says, quote, I'm in this fight to put our government on the side of working families, end quote. Really? The working families who had all their jobs shipped offshore and they have no middle class? The working families who saw their pay not keep up with inflation? The working families who can't work on one income anymore than they have to work two? The working families who saw inflation go up so fast they had to work an extra 10 hours per month just to have the same working families that you took away their energy and now they can't afford to drive or travel as much? Those working families? You're, work, you're in this fight to put the government on the side of them? You mean the government that's doing that to them? You mean taking away these working families' ability to hold wealth in a way that you can't steal from them? That's the side? That's the side. She said that it's only Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies only for rogue nations, drug lords, and human traffickers using digital assets to launder billions in stolen funds. Okay, really? That's what they're using to launder billions? Uh, that's factually false. What they use is cash. What they use is dollars. You see, human traffickers, drug lords, they use dollars. 
And our government obliges by sending them to them. As a matter of fact, you're probably well aware of Obama sending pallets of cash to Iran. Uh, we, I, I have firsthand information. Somebody in my coaching program works with the Treasury. And the Treasury right now, the U.S. Treasury is building three new dollar printing facilities in the United States right next to airports. So they can ship the dollars on fresh dollars on pallets out to these other countries. Where do you think those dollars end up? In human traffickers and in drug lords and other things. You've seen the stories of the, the Colombian cartels with pallets of cash stacked up. It's dollars that are used for those things. But you know what else are used for drug lords and human traffickers and rogue nations? Uh, phones. They use phones. They use the internet. They use cars. They drive. They probably eat food. They probably drink water. You see how ridiculous that seems? So we should take away everything that they use. We should probably take away, away the dollar. But let's keep going and let's talk about what she's doing here. Um, so she is, again, trying to pass these laws to just take your, take, take your freedom away. Your freedom to transact. Your freedom to store your wealth in a way that they can't debase. In a way that they can't steal from you. And of course, they're using, she's using all types of fear mongering to do this. Like if you don't, if you don't let us take away your freedom to store your wealth, then, you know, your kids could die in terrorism and, and uh, drugs. Well, okay, then uh, again, all this is false. Now, let's talk about um, this specific bill that she's put forth here right now and what she's trying to do. So first, let's talk about the central bank digital currency. So a central bank digital currency, I've covered this uh, a lot, so I don't want to dig in super deep, but it's it's basically a new digital form of money, but it's not decentralized. So it's not like a cryptocurrency. It's not decentralized. It is controlled. It's just issued sort of like the dollars that we have today, um, and it's controlled by the bank. But the difference of what we have today versus what they want to do, a central bank digital currency, is that a central bank digital currency is pro programmable. And so what does that mean? Right now, of course, the government can freeze your bank accounts, they can seize your bank accounts, um, they can, you know, get your financial records from your bank, your credit card companies and things like that. Uh, but it's very reactionary. As a matter of fact, if the government wanted to get, you know, all your financial records, it would be very laborsome, it'd be very cumbersome, they'd have to get, uh, you know, those pesky uh, court orders to allow them to infringe on your privacy. It would take a long time to build that case against you or whatever. But see, with CBDCs, it's like uh, they're fighting pre-crime, right? So they're preemptive, they're programmable. So they could just build in all types of uh, programs into this. So for example, we're trying to stimulate the economy. We need people to spend more money. So if you don't spend your money by Friday, it comes back to us. You lose your money. Or, you know, we're trying to reduce the carbon here in the United, uh, here in California. There's a 30% tax on pork because it's bad for the environment. So they just say, hey, uh, from now on, anything you buy that's related to uh you know, red meat or pork, there's, we're just going to charge you extra. Or you can only buy so much red meat or pork. And then after that, you can't spend your money on that anymore. Um, hey, nothing good happens after midnight. So your money just doesn't work after midnight. Uh, hey, this protected group, you know, women, gay, black, whatever it is, uh, you're going to get reparations or you're going to get this preferential treatment, this extra income or interest. But this other group here, you're saving too much money or whatever. Uh, white males, we're going to take money away from you. Hey, it sounds ridiculous, but this is exactly what it opens up the door to. They want to be able to preemptively control you through your money without having to go through this, like I said, cumbersome task of having to go through the court and getting court orders and try to somehow evade and get around the constitutions and things like that. Now, 
That's why when you look at what she's doing and she says, what problem does Bitcoin solve? All Bitcoin does is allow for illegal activities. Well, illegal activities are anything they don't want you to do and technically anything that they don't want you to do. They don't have to be illegal. And this really goes into this whole Operation Choke Point and Operation Choke Point 2.0. But we know that the Obama administration and Lois Lerner, head of the IRS, had to step down and resign because she weaponized the IRS against nonprofits, specifically conservative nonprofits. All right. And we also know that the banking system has been weaponized and has rejected banking and credit cards to legally recognized businesses that they don't like. Now, these might be, you know, uh, taboo, let's just say, uh, you know, potentially, you know, pornography companies, OnlyFans, things like that, but even like drug stores, uh, you know, like pharmacies, but also like um, hunting stores where that sell guns. So you have guns and they're taking away their ability to have banking and credit cards, even though they're legal businesses in this country. So you see, it's not about passing laws, it's anything they don't want. And so that's illegal. Anything that's associated with um, anything they don't like, and they want to be able to have control over that. So this is, this is what she's saying. This is the word. What problem does Bitcoin solve? Well, it solves that. It solves me not having to have permission to be able to use my money. It solves me not having to uh, be able to have them steal that money from me. All right. Now, uh, this world has changed. We talk about the government printing massive amounts of money and protecting ourselves from that. Uh, just this week, the Fed pivot is here. They're about to print an unlimited amount of money, an ungodly amount of money next year. And there is going to be a reverse market crash, as I've been calling it. I'm doing a whole live presentation. I'm going to break this down for you. I'm going to show you all the charts. If you want to come hang out on this free presentation, see all these charts and do a live Q&A with me, check it out. Go to go.onemarkmoss.com go.onemarkmoss.com slash reverse if you want to check that out. Um, but I have a whole lot more to cover with what she's doing. I want to, uh, Elizabeth Warren is doing, I want to talk about the specific bill that she put forth right now and how dangerous this is and what you can do about it. So don't go away. I'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Elizabeth Warren on the rampage to take away your freedoms, your freedom to transact, your freedom to store wealth, and your freedom to choose. Trying to pass laws to do that. Now, let's talk about some of the specific things that she's doing. So we played an interview where she's laughing, giddy. Ha ha, yes, we need CBDCs. I'm ready. Let's do it. And let's take away the people's money of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. All right, this is what she's doing. Now, I talked about this in, when I played that interview clip earlier, how, how absurd, not just absurd, but how contradictory this is when we live in a constitutional republic, you want to call it democracy, whatever it is, where, where the will of the people, where the, where the government is of the people by the people. See, the government is of the people by the people. Elizabeth Warren and her, her uh, elite crew, wannabe elite crew, let's call them that, they do not rule us. They're not kings. She's not a queen. She is there as a representative of what the people want, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. So the people have a voice of what we want, and the people have spoken. The people do not want a CBDC. The people will do anything they can to prevent a CBDC, but yet she's still trying to ram it through your throat. Who is she? She is no king or queen. She is no ruler. She is no elite. She is only there to do our bidding for us. So let's take a look at some of this. So we can see that we have several states that have heard what the actual people want. Of course, they all happen to be red states that actually happen to listen to what the people want, not to make this a left or right thing. But let's take a look at some of these. We see Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, North Dakota, Florida, all actually passing, drafting and passing bills to prevent the federal government from doing this. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill banning the use of a centralized digital dollar, or CBDC. In Texas, Texas lawmakers uh, put a draft expressing opposition to the creation of a central bank digital currency, quote, uh, Texas Senate concurrent resolution 25 bill claiming, quote, listen to this, this is, this is Texas, their government. This is what they said, claiming, quote, it, a digital dollar could lead to unprecedented levels of government surveillance and control over private cash holdings and transactions, end quote. This isn't just some conspiracy fringe. It's not, it's not just me talking about this. This is what the Texas resolution has lead to unprecedented levels of government surveillance and control. That's what she wants. That's what Elizabeth Warren wants. That's what the Biden administration wants. And that's what they're trying to push. North Dakota, they said something similar. Quote, the adoption of central bank digital currencies in the U.S. Uh, says, quote, the adoption of a CBDC by the federal government would hand unprecedented control over to the lives, um, uh, um, unprecedented control over the lives, freedoms, choices, and sovereignty of the people of North Dakota. 
right? This is not some fringe thing. The governments of these states, the duly elected governments, the ones that are there working on behalf of the people, understand this. They're putting it right into the wording. Louisiana, Louisiana lawmaker said that the technology raises significant concerns over privacy for individuals and businesses in Louisiana. And they're also passing laws and urging Congress to not support the CBDC. So she's there laughing. Oh, yes. Oh, we're totally for it. It's time. It's time. Let's do it. But the people don't want it. As a matter of fact, they're actively passing laws to prohibit that. And you talk about going into this sort of, uh, I, I don't use this word. I don't like to talk about this. But, you know, the, the potential for either states succeeding or another civil war, which the civil war was created because of the succession that, that tried to tried to happen during that time. But this is what drives us to this. This is when you have states that listen to what the people want, and you have a government that's trying to ram things down their throat that they do not want. And then, of course, you have the divide between the red states and the blue states, the blue states that will just go along with whatever the federal government wants, and the red states that listen to the will of the people. This is what leads to that. And it's really from the the the, the unprecedented growth and uh, a growth of power by the federal government. You see, laws should not control every single little piece of our lives. It should it should leave us alone to live our lives as we see fit. We don't need to fight over all these little things. The only reason why we're fighting over these little things is because they're trying to micromanage us on the minutia of our lives. If the laws were simple, so that people could understand them, they were set in stone so that we could plan our lives based off of them, and they were applied to each of us equally, we could all just get along. We could all just agree. But when they try to micromanage us on every single little detail of our lives, it divides us. And when they start to apply this law arbitrarily, that's why they write them so vague, so we don't really understand them, and then they selectively apply them, it creates division. You understand that. Now, uh, we can see all these states are pushing back on this while she's trying to ram it down our throats. We can see this is not what the people want. Now, I do have to say, uh, you know, we have, I have some data of some polls that have been done here. Uh, the truth is, is that still, because this is still so new, not everybody knows about this. Not everybody understands the dangers that are here. And unfortunately, today, not everybody understands the threat to our freedom. You know, when I grew up, we still learned in school communism was bad. We learned about North Korea. We learned about China. We learned about 100 million people dying in socialism. We learned about the, the Iron Curtain, you know, the East and West Berlin. We learned about that. We don't learn about that today. And so today, uh, freedom doesn't seem as important as it used to. You know, so there's a saying that a uh, fish doesn't know it's in water, right? You don't realize the need for freedom or how important it is until you've lost it. And you see, growing up when we were taught these things, we at least learned it that way. And unfortunately, for most people, they're going to have to relearn it the hard way. And so we haven't been taught this. But we can see, based off of some data, some uh, in, some uh, polls that have been done, the Cato Institute did a poll. says that twice as many Americans oppose a CBDC as those that favor it. Twice as many are against it. Now, uh, unfortunately, about 40 about half of Americans have not formed an opinion about a CBDC. But again, this is because most of them are not familiar with it. It says, uh, so they're not familiar with it. So this is something new, but twice as many in the poll are opposed to it, which is why there's a lot of noise being made, which is why there's states that are putting laws into place to prevent the federal government from doing this. 
Uh, in this poll, we can see that 85% of Americans would prefer to keep their money with a private bank rather than in an account operated by the Federal Reserve. Nobody trusts the Federal Reserve. They have no credibility. Nobody wants them to have their money. I certainly don't. Uh, you know, sure, okay, keep the money in the bank, FDIC insured. I'd prefer to be like in a local bank that I can have a little bit of, uh, you know, not necessarily control over, but relationship with, let's just say that. I certainly don't want the Federal Reserve. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a central bank digital currency, but yet here we are. Now, I want to talk specifically about the bill. Now, I do want to say um, Elizabeth Warren has a horrible, horrible, horrible track record of getting bills passed. As a matter of fact, I think she's something like 300 to zero. I have the data, the stats. We're going to read through this in a minute. Uh, let's hope this is not her first bill that she gets through. Let's hope that she continues to con uh, hit the wall over and over and over. Uh, because as I said, this is a big, big problem. As a matter of fact, we can see that how big of a problem it is in other countries where they're already trying to do this, like in Nigeria, for example. They tried to force everybody in Nigeria to use it when they didn't want it. They said, why would we use this CBDC from Nigeria? It's the same thing that we have now. The problem that we have with the money, this is what they said in Nigeria, the problem we have the money is that you print too much of it and we continue, it continues to lose value. I continue to have to get more and more money to buy the same goods and services. So why would we want to use the same thing with just digital? We don't want that. But they, they didn't listen to the people. They tried to force it on them anyway, 200 million people. Um, and uh, they, they tried to force it on everybody, first with a carrot. Hey, we'll give you discounts if you use it. Then it was a stick. Hey, now you can only get so much cash out. And they wrecked the entire economy forcing people. They forced people underground into a black markets and things like that. And they finally had to cancel it. It was that bad. And so this is already what we can see. This is already starting to frame up. In Canada, the Central Bank of Canada did some polls and they said the people don't want it. There's no reason why we need to push it. Even in Canada, with Justin Trudeau. But here we have Elizabeth Warren trying to push us. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show, talking about Elizabeth Warren trying to take away your freedoms. All freedoms lie on the ability to transact. I'm going to come back and talk about the specific bill exactly and how we can prevent this from happening. I'll be back with that in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Tempt to hire part-time or full-time you name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. 
Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Elizabeth Warren on the warpath to take away your financial freedom, your financial privacy, and trying to ram bills down your throat that you do not want that uh, states in the United States are actively fighting to prevent, that are pushing back on this, but yet she doesn't care. She's continuing on your behalf, uh, running a government of the people, by the people, for the people, as a representative of you, forcing things down your throat that you don't want. And you don't want them because they take away your power, they take away your control, they take away your privacy, they take away your freedom. As a matter of fact, uh, most Americans aren't caught up on this, but you're ahead of everybody because you're listening to the show. But Two times as many people oppose it as want it, and the people that want it just because they don't understand it. But let's talk. A, let's take a look at Elizabeth Warren and the power that she wields and what she's trying to do. So first of all, Elizabeth Warren did run for the uh, presidential uh, candidacy in 2020. The rumors are in the political circles that in order for her to step down out of that race, she was given significant influence in the government. As a matter of fact. Some political analysts say that she might be the third most powerful person in Washington because the amount of government bodies that she was given power over and control over are some of the most important and have the most weight. So there was some horse trading that was done. She agreed to step down to let the Biden to let Biden win. Um, in exchange, she got a lot of power and control. She's on the Committee for Armed Services, Subcommittee of Emerging Threats and Capabilities, Subcommittee on Personal uh, Personnel, Strategic Forces, Committee on Banking, Housing, Urban Affairs, Subcommittee on Economic Policy, uh, Subcommittee on Financial Institutions, Consumer Protections, Subcommittee on Securities, Insurance, Investments, Committee on Finance, Committee on Healthcare, Social Security, Pensions, Family Policy, Taxation, IRS Oversight. You get the idea. She's Everything, anything and everything to do with your money, your financial future, she's in charge of. They've given it all to her. Now, again, uh, I well, it, maybe she's not such a bad person to have it because somehow on a salary of about $230,000 or $50,000 a year, about I think it's something like that, about $230,000 a year, She's now found herself worth like 64 million, I think is the numbers. Fact check me on that. So if she could take a salary of 200 grand and make 64 million out of it, shoot, that's something I'd like to learn. Would you like to learn that? Maybe she is the right person to run our money because she sure knows how to make money out of nothing. Or she knows how to take a lot of money in her pocket. I'll let you be decider of that. But, you know, basically throughout her campaign, Warren proposed several plans addressing Wall Street reform, anti-corruption, wealth taxes, and all of these things. Post-campaign, you know, she's, like I said, after withdrawing from the presidential race, she went back to the Senate and, you know, sort of rose her public profile, the amount of influence she has and things like this. All right. Now, again, she's been trying to pass all types of bills uh, that just haven't gone anywhere. Her track record is very dismal, to say the least. And that's something I'm happy for because I don't like the bills she's trying to pass. But let's look at this. Um, if we look at the bill tracking platform from GovTrack, we can see that Warren, Elizabeth Warren, she's been very busy, 
She's a lawmaker. She's a legislator. So what do legislators do? They legislate. She's introduced 330 bills over the last 11 years as a senator. Now, let me just say, I learned this. My dad taught me this when I turned 18 and I was able to vote that any law that you're going to go vote for, he told me this every time I went to the voting booth, any law that you're voting on, whether it's good or bad, is less freedom. Okay, remember going back to what I said earlier about laws should be simple, that we can all understand them, and they should be set in stone, they should be applied equally. But every year we get hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of new bills, laws, regulations, rules passed. We can't even keep up with them. She alone <laughs> has introduced 330 in just the last 11 years. It's insane. Three, what, what do we need 330 laws for? And that's just her in 10 years. Now, out of these... <laughs> Only one, a very obscure bill, only one has been enacted. One out of the 330. What was that one? Uh, National POW MIA Flag Act. So prisoners of war, missing in action. Hey, you know, my dad went to Vietnam. I'm all for that. She passed a bill which requires the prisoner of war, the POW MIA flag, to be displayed alongside a U.S. flag on some federal property. Okay, first of all, what the heck do we need a law for that? Like, what a friggin' waste of time. What a waste of money to even have somebody in there legislating laws, voting on laws. Does, can we hang a POW flag next to an American flag? Okay, cool. Like, whatever, right? That's the one. Out of 330 bills, we paid her millions of dollars to go create all this fuss and mess. She's got one bill through. All right. Now, will this be her second? I don't know. Let's take a look at it. So there's this AML, anti-money laundering bill. But the problem with this bill is it could literally shut down the entire cryptocurrency industry, which of course is the point. The point is not to regulate it. The point is not to make it safer. The point is like, well, I guess to regulate it, but regulate it out of existence. So basically this bill would extend the Bank Secrecy Act um, to include cryptocurrency transactions, and it imposes very stringent reporting, which is uh, KYC, know your customer, customer requirements, which basically means under the law of KYC, you as a private citizen are not allowed to transact in over $10,000 without collecting information, knowing who you're dealing with. If you do, you go to prison. Banks aren't allowed to do this. And so basically every transaction, they have to know who that customer is. There's another rule, it's called the travel rule, where your information travels along with those transactions. But in this case, the KYC, they want to require all these cryptocurrency uh, pieces every time that that transaction hops from one to the next to collect this KYC. The requirement to report transactions involving unhosted wallets or private wallets could put a heavy burden on crypto exchanges and wallet providers. So basically, you don't have the ability to transact or I should say to hold your own money on your own. The level of surveillance is so intrusive and so antithetical to privacy and freedom that, again, it could just shut the entire industry down. Why could it shut the industry down? Not because it's so burdensome and cumbersome, which it is, but because it's technically impossible. It's impossible. There's no way for this information to be collected and transferred between all of these steps. It just doesn't work that way. That's not how technology works. I'm sorry, Elizabeth Warren, you're 75 years old. You don't understand this. And I'm sorry if you're 75 and you're very smart technically. I know there are many people who probably know way more about technology than I do that are over 75. But in her case, I don't think that's the case unless the point that I'm making, she understands this and she wants to shut it all down. This is not about, hey, let's just make everybody comply. I don't care how expensive. I don't, care, I don't care how cumbersome it is. It's like, no, we know that there is no way to um, comply with this. 
And so we're going to pass this so that you can't comply and it'll literally, literally shut it down. Now, what happens if that's the case? Well, we know that uh, hundreds of billions of dollars that Americans own go away. We know that uh, billions, potentially maybe trillions of dollars of industry will leave the United States and go to other parts of the world. We know that the United States will be less competitive on a global scale. Something I talk a lot about is these cycles. And in cycles, there's a lot of cycles I talk about. One is a 50-year technological revolution cycle. About every 50 years, we have a new technology. We've had five technological revolution cycles. And each one of these, they change the world. But more importantly, they drive financial markets. So the last one was telecommunication. It was the microprocessor, which was telecommunications and the internet and personal computers. So what's driven financial markets for the last 50 years? Obviously, telecom, internet, computers, right? Google, Facebook, Amazon, AT&T, et cetera, Verizon. What drove them for the 50 years before that? It was automobiles, Ford, GM, GE. What drove before that? It was oil, steel, right? So what's kept the US in position of power financially for the last 50 years has been our ability to innovate and, and outcompete the world with Facebook and Amazon and Google and um, you know all these Cisco and all these different things. If the U.S. decides to take this approach like Elizabeth Warren wants and shut down the next technological revolution, the U.S. will find itself out of the next revolution. The U.S. will find itself going back into the dark ages and will miss this boom. This has massive implications, not just for you, but for your kids and for your grandkids and even further down the line. It's a big deal. Talk to your lawmaker, voice your concerns, make sure you show up on these polls. Let's push back on this with everything that we can. If you're just tuning in and listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about Elizabeth Warren on the warpath to take away your financial freedom and privacy, hopefully this is not one of the bills that she gets through. Let's go ahead and uh, vote for that. Um, but that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a 500 matching bonus and a 1500 mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua we are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side -side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.